The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Our sermon this, last, this morning for Pentecost 10 and also for your installation, Vicar Schlomer, is found in Exodus chapter 3. You can follow along right there on the PowerPoint, either if you're on Zoom, on your screen, or right here on the page that you have in front of you. Moses and the burning bush. When Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses! Moses! And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take your sandals. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? God of the burning bush, we need to meet with you today that we might be greatly encouraged as we hear words of promise, redemptive words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Months ago, I can still remember seeing my precious little daughter, Felicity. Precious to me, at least. She's four. And I remember seeing her for the first time with her precious little mask. See, You probably know this about my wife, Amanda. She loves to make our daughters look cute and precious. And so apparently, I have nothing to do with this. Apparently, she went shopping and she got these tiny little masks. (laughs) 
And they were cute and sweet and precious. And Felicity's little mask had a, had a floral pattern on there with, with pink flowers. And I saw my little daughter, who's four, have this little sweet, precious mask on. And I was filled with sadness. Not because of maybe what you think, because for me the mask isn't political. It's something that we do to protect others and because our governor wants us to, to wear it. But when I saw that mask, the mask was a symbol. It was almost a little sermon that was preached to me that said, even your precious little daughter can get this thing and die. Now here we are months later, <laughs> like many months later, and we're used to it. <laughs> now we're used to wearing masks. In fact, when we don't wear masks, we feel a little bit naked, don't we? The world has changed, and we've almost settled into what we might call an unhappy and a very uncomfortable new normal. My precious little daughter's still wearing her precious little mask, and I'm still preaching to a half-empty church, and I still can't hug the people that I want to hug, and I can't go around the people that I want to go around. We're living in an unhappy and an uncomfortable new normal. And when we meet Moses here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, if you could put that up on the screen there, I'm not convinced that Moses is doing any better. I'm just not. He's, he's like wandering around the desert. And if you read a little bit around this portion of Exodus, you'll find out that Moses had lost all contact with his brother and his sister in Egypt. He had no idea if any of the Israelites were alive. He was just out there wandering around, and he apparently had no desire to go back to Egypt. He had fallen into an unhappy and an uncomfortable new normal in the desert of Midian. What's more, I don't know if you noticed this, that Moses isn't doing so hot. Look, he's an 80-year-old man, okay? And whose flocks are he's are he, is he taking care of? Not his own. He's taking care of his daddy-in-law's sheep. You, saw, you see, the, the patriarch Jacob, when he ran away to go take care of the flocks of, of Laban, his uncle, he enriched himself. Actually, God enriched him. And little by little, his uncle Laban's flocks became Jacob's flocks, but not Moses. See? Moses is taking care of Jethro's flock, and he's an 80-year-old man, and he has no intention of going back to Egypt. He has fallen into an uncomfortable, and maybe you might say an unhappy new normal 40 years later. And that's when he meets the God of the bush. At first it was, you know, kind of a strange thing because Moses, he's like looking off in the distance, right? And he sees this, this bramble bush, maybe. And it's kind of thorny and little. This wasn't a tree, see, this was a bush. And the bush is on fire. But it wasn't burning. 
So Moses, who must have been rather used to talking to himself, he, he talks to himself and maybe to the sheep, and he says, I think I'll turn aside. I think I'll, I'll go and look at this strange thing. I think I'll go and see this, this bush that is burning but is not being consumed. And this is where things get even stranger. Because the bush talks. This is, this is like a Balaam moment, see, where, where the donkey opens his mouth, but here the bush, for the first time in the history of the world, begins to talk and he says, Moses. Moses. And then things start going really quickly, see, because the bush says, don't get any closer because this is holy ground. Moses was too sinful. Take off your sandals, the bush says. And then the bush identifies himself and he says, It's me. Yahweh. It's me. The God of your father. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. And Moses is completely overwhelmed. Like... He's so spiritually overwhelmed because of the, the holiness of the moment and his own personal sinfulness, like our personal sinfulness. He's overwhelmed, and it says that he has to hide his face from God. I thought about that this last week, how that must have been for Moses, this burning bush moment where he's so overwhelmed that he couldn't even look. I thought about how in my Lutheran church when I was growing up, it was this giant Gothic church in, in St. Paul, Minnesota, and they had this rail, see, and this elevated altar. And I used to think as a little kid, you can't go behind the rail. Did you ever think that way? Because only the pastors can go back there. This is a holy place, I thought. I thought about that. I thought about how Moses must have been so physically overwhelmed. I tried to think of the last time I was so overwhelmed that I couldn't look. That I had to close my eyes. And I thought about maybe, maybe being on a roller coaster where the G-forces are so powerful that, that you're overwhelmed and you have to close your eyes because you can't take it all in. Or maybe, maybe like when the astronauts, remember they came back to Earth a couple weeks ago, and the G-forces must have overwhelmed them to such an extent as they were coming back into Earth's orbit. And I thought, what it must have been like for Moses to come into the orbit of God. Holy God. And how overwhelming that must have been. I also thought about how overwhelming it can to just think of the God of the bush and the God of the cross. There's a song that we like to sing here at Sure Foundation and there's a verse, a third verse, that goes like this. It's called, How Great Thou Art. And when I think 
that God, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. See, when you meet the God of the bush, it's overwhelming. When you meet the God of the cross and you see his love for you that burns eternally like the fire on the bush, you can't take it in. It's too much. You have to look away and you get really, really quiet, right? You have to get so quiet. And that, in that quietness, when you have met the God of the bush, the God of the cross, who is the same God, that's when God opens his mouth and he gives redemptive words because you're ready to listen. And he gives words that meet all of Moses' objections. He comes to Moses and he says this. He says, I have seen the misery. And Moses thinks, Lord, have you seen the misery? Because my people have been in slavery for 400 years. And by the way, I've been wandering around this desert of Midian for another 40 years, Lord. Have you really seen the misery? And he says, yes. I have indeed seen the misery. And Moses says, Lord, are you sure that you've seen the misery? Because things don't seem to be getting any better and he says I have not only seen the misery I have heard about it I've heard the cries of my people I have seen the slave drivers and Moses says Lord if you've heard and you've seen you must not care about it because the people are there suffering and so am I we are in an uncomfortable and unhappy new normal Lord and the Lord says Moses listen Exodus is happening. I will save. Now go. Because I'm sending you. We need this moment. I really think as a church in the middle of New York City, we need this moment. When we meet the God of the bush. A moment that that transforms us when we meet the God of the bush and we hear His redemptive words, when we hear Him say, I have seen your misery. Lord, have you? At first, Lord, I thought it was going to be like two weeks and this pandemic thing was going to be over and then it was going to be a couple months, Lord, and now it's stretching into six months or whatever. And it doesn't seem like it's ever going to be over. Lord, have you seen the misery? I certainly have seen the misery. Then, Lord, why do I have to struggle with my sin every single day? Why is it that there's so much injustice in the world? Do you see it, Lord? Yes, I have seen it, and I have heard it, the Lord says. And I have sent my son Jesus to die for your sin. And I rose him from the dead to 
declare you holy. And I have one more promise for you. I am coming soon. And I will bring you to a land filled with milk and honey to a blessed place where there is only holiness and forgiven people. I am coming soon. And nothing will stop me. There's a movie that, that my wife and I like, like to watch every holy week. And they usually put it on on Thursday night of Holy Week, I think. It's called The Ten Commandments. Have you seen this movie? Charlton Heston's in it. It's like three and a half hours long. And we always like to watch it because it's Exodus. It prepares you for Good Friday and for Easter. And there's this clip in the movie where Moses is coming down from the mountain and he has seen the God of the bush. And... You know, the special effects are kind of cheesy and everything like that, but once you get past that, Moses comes down the mountain, and Joshua's there. Joshua's talking to uh, Moses' wife, and Joshua says, look at his face. And his wife says back to Joshua, he has seen God. And Moses is different. So different. Like the Moses that had been lost following around his father's in law's sheep is no longer there. Now he is a man who has seen God. And that is so hopeful to me. You see, I want you to be people who have seen the God of the bush, who have heard his redemptive words, people who have seen the God of the cross. And then to go out from Zoom or from church and to have people say about us, they are so encouraged. They are so confident in their God. They know that He's coming. Vicar, I thought about this word for you this morning. What it must be like for you to come from school to New York City, and step forward and be willing to serve this church with the gospel. Let me tell you what this church needs most right now. We need a man of God who has seen the God of the cross. Who is confident in this God of the cross. I mean, this this is a... Wonderful time to be the church, isn't it? Because we can be so confident that our God is with us even as one in three Americans are depressed and they've lost hope. God is calling you today, saying, I am sending you. Come down off that mountain and be the man who has seen the God of the bush and the God of the cross. Amen. Amen.